This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and a special guest. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right. Hey there, listener, and welcome back to the Behold podcast. This is episode 74, which is really getting up there, y'all. This is Sean and Dan, as always, and with us today, I'm running out of like long <coughs> heralding introductions to give here. Superlatives, right? Isn't that what that is? Yeah. Right? Big words. Uh, just insert your own big words for the one and only Mr. Pastor Reverend Tim Barley. This is fitting that you're on the 74th episode, because isn't that how old you are? Oh, boy. I love you, Dan. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're, you're either 74 or swap the digits, and you're 47. <laughs> either yeah, one. No, or I'm neither, <laughs> which is actually the truth. Oh, nice, wow. Nice. Well, hey, both of you just had quite the weekend experience, so why don't you both of you fill us in on what you all have been doing? Yeah, Tim, I'm anxious to hear about your uh, your time because uh, I remember once upon a time when I used to tag along on this uh, this family tradition. So uh, and tell you're everybody. welcome to tag along again. It's just you've got a bunch of other tag alongs that are tagging along with you now. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> so you come as a package now. Uh, yeah, Labor Day weekend is the annual barley family shindig on the East Coast and lovely. Actually, it's not lovely. Don't ever go there. The beaches are crowded. The water's dirty. The it's the air best is kept stanky. secret. It's the best kept secret in Florida. Do not go to Daytona Beach. That's where you don't want. To, yeah, in fact, go to Daytona Beach. That's fine. Just don't go to the. Don't go to where our family's going to be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna out you. It's it's a lovely new Smyrna. It's oh, this. No. It's this beautiful little little beach town right there above Daytona. I believe right. It's the north of Daytona. It's south. But south. Yeah. Ah, well, yeah, yeah totally. but it's it's, it's north. It's nice because yeah, it's um. I feel like a lot of people don't know about it. So let's get the word out. And let's well, just they wreck didn't it. before COVID, but now <laughs> it's this mecca. Oh, is that right? Oh, man. So many people just flock there because they can be outside and sun and the water and it's clean and, you know, all those kind of things. But yeah, it was it was wonderful. I, I, I brought some buddies of mine from from California and family gathered from Hawaii and Florida and we all had a wonderful time. My sister has a um, home on the beach, and she's very hospitable and hosting all of us. And we ate ridiculous amounts of seafood and um, did a lot of fun things. We had a had a really beautiful uh, Sunday morning worship service on the on the beach, and we uh, someone shared Daniel Oliveira shared his testimony, and my uh, nephew uh, Rory Stark from South Africa. Uh, shared a message, and uh, I shared communion, and we sang, and it was it was beautiful. It was right there by the waves. It was really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you baptize anyone? Just Not this year. We strangers have be- walking we by. Have just dunk them. Yeah, we have before, but we didn't didn't this year. Nice. That's cool. Hey, what's that little um, cafe that we used to go to? That little breakfast cafe. That the, Dan beacon. Used to- ah, the, the beacon. Ah, the beacon. Ah. Dude, terrible, <laughs> terrible coffee. Yeah, dollar dollar seventy five for two eggs, grits, and toast. Yeah, what what else do you need in in, in life, right? Yeah, really, that's awesome. Well, glad <laughs> glad you had a good time. Um, yeah, maybe maybe we'll, I'll have to 
bring the whole gang one of these times. Yeah, that'd uh, be fun. Walk down memory lane. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we have uh, actually our own little Labor Day tradition that we do as a family. We go up to Koinonia Camp uh, and Conference Grounds up in the Santa Cruz Mountains in Watsonville, California. And we uh, go up there for what they'd call family camp. And this is this really cool weekend just to um, just to be in, in creation and just to be around families that, um, you know, that, that want to grow in their love and knowledge of Jesus. And, and uh, it's families from all over, a bunch of different churches all over the, the state, really. And um, for the past maybe seven years, uh, I've been going up there and uh, leading worship for that weekend. And it's really cool. The whole family gets to come and we get to, um, I don't know, it's kind of fun. Just like we have these these camp friends, you know, these families that we've we've seen their kids grow up and they've seen our kids grow up. And we only really get to see them like once a year at camp, but um, there's just like special bonds and, and really good connection. And just uh, every day we're just worshiping the Lord and uh, we, there's a, there's a guest speaker they bring in. He, he taught us through the book of, of Jonah, uh, this weekend and just really powerful time and great insights. And, and it's really cool. It's like one of the only places that we go where we can just let our kids like just run wild. You know, we just kind of cut them loose and they just do their own thing and they've got all their friends that they see and, um, and they just kind of can explore and have fun and get, participate in all the different activities. And it's really, really cool. Yeah, so we had a we had a great uplifting time and shout out to uh to Ben Wong who led worship at the crossing for me um while I was gone and uh he did an amazing job and just shout out to the whole team and yeah, excited to be back and and jump in again this week. Wow, very exciting both of you. I uh I took a little trip this weekend to lovely oh. uh, Pleasanton, California. Wow. <laughs> That's where I was all week. It's great. You were tripping. Uh, I was tripping. Uh, but it wasn't I mean, a fun weekend. My, it was my dad's birthday. It was Patty's dad's retirement party. I heard surprise. you guys like surprised him or something like that. Yeah, it was fun. They had the whole party, the whole family there, and they did all wow. the decorations and balloons and stuff and surprised him. And it's great. It was a good time. So, Mr. What did Dan, he, what did Dan, what did, what did Dan Condy do for work for all these years? What, what is he retiring from? He worked in, he's had a lot of jobs. He worked for Chevron forever doing kind of systems stuff. So he most recently has worked for Kaiser for a long time. Oh, nice. Like medical device integrations stuff. All that really matters for him is that he's free to mountain bike as much as he wants now. So, well, and he can just let that wild beard just keep growing wild, dude. I saw a photo of him do that. He's got a COVID beard like none other right now. Just, I mean, who doesn't though? You have to, you know? That's right. That's you right. have wow. to. I've been rocking it my whole life, so. <laughs> All that to say, I wonder, you know, in his time in in home imprisonment, how long did Paul's beard get? You think? Oh my goodness, that Good would question. be that Good would question. be something. I I really do wish we could go back. Like I wish that the Bible had like, um, you know, a photo archive, and you can like click, or like, uh, you know, you could you could click through and see little video videos of stuff wouldn't that be cool that's why they're making the chosen bro oh okay <laughs> keep up yeah, man that's true that's true that's a good point <laughs> wow the the picture i got was like instagram reels for the bible like yeah, that'd be awesome that'd be through. awesome uh, well hey speaking of paul you know we're looking at the second timothy and we're pretty much at the end here of our tested series which is pretty exciting a little sad because it's been great 
But we'll look at this last chunk of 2 Timothy 4 and Mr. Charlie Mang taught at both of our campuses. And yeah, like I said, we're talking about Paul and he's giving his last kind of words to to Timothy and just kind of in summary of, of what life was like for him. You know, he, like we talked about before in this podcast and in this teaching series, been through some hard stuff, you know, and, and he found himself at times abandoned, you know, friends left him hanging. But it's kind of refreshing, and we're reminded at the end here that, man, the Lord Jesus never abandoned him, never forsaked him, all those things. So as you guys are listening to, to Charlie teach this chunk of scripture, what are some of those first things that, that resonated with you or hit home with you looking at, at, at Paul's experience? Well, this is one of those um, ERPs. Uh, I call them e- eternal reality check passages. Mm, that's good. Um you know, because it, it's kind of a haunting, haunting passage in some regards, you know, just thinking about, okay, you know, when we're, when we're enjoying, you know, church life, you know, potlucks and church at the fairgrounds and camp and, you know, just all, all those, all those things that are just fun and meaningful and powerful and just, just send your soul just soaring mm. Everything's everything's great, you know. We're just so excited, but then you read about these points where the rubber really hits the road, so to speak. And you're talking about Paul standing before authorities that have the potential to end your life, mm. and all of a sudden, some of his supporters say, "Ooh, you know, Paul's a little too hot to touch right now, so I need to back off and." And keep my distance and not be identified with this guy because he is trouble, you mm-hmm. know, and he is just way too, way too hot right now, way too controversial for me to, you know, be connected to. And so you, 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 you hear that Paul writes it, mm-hmm. you know, and says, I'm, I'm, I'm deserted, you know, by, by folks. But then man, just very quickly, we get another glimpse into Paul's perspective in his heart. And he says, but I, I will not hold that against them. I cannot hold that against them. These are my brothers. These are my sisters. You know, I, I don't, I don't condone it. You know, I don't encourage it. I don't support it, but uh, I don't harbor resentment against them for giving into fear. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is so, uh, inspiring. You know, when you, when you hear about how Paul, even though, you know, he's facing death and even though he's basically, you know, all alone, just, it's just him and the Lord. He, he doesn't shrink back, you know, from, from his message. He doesn't decide to, um, I don't know, shift gears and start trying to preserve his life and, and defend his case. No, he, he, he stays true, um, to the calling and he presses on in the face of, of all kinds of opposition, just as we've seen all the way throughout this letter and all the way throughout his life. Um, you know, as, as Charlie was going through this and just as you're bringing it up now, Tim, it just reminds me of uh, one of the chapters from, from the book that we went through all those years ago called Spiritual Leadership. It's mm. by Oswald Sanders. And we used to sit at uh, that little breakfast joint uh, right there in Dublin. And, and we would go through these chapters, you know, each week as you were teaching me how to how to be a spiritual leader. And, and one of this, the, the chapters in that book is, is just called the cost of leadership. Yep. And, um, 
And in the book, Sanders, you know, he talks about uh, if you're going to be a leader, right? If you're going to, if you're going to stand up for, um, you know, what is, what is good and godly and true and righteous, um, you're going to find yourself out on a limb, you know, oftentimes. And, and when you're out on a limb, you're going to, you're going to all also look around and sometimes see I'm, I'm out here by myself, <laughs> you know, and, and fatigue and criticism and rejection and pressure, you know, self-sacrifice. These are all things that are associated with being a spiritual leader. And there, there's a cost that goes along with it. And there's really a loneliness that you see um, in, in Paul's, uh, you know, experience here. And I think if you've been a leader in any kind of situation, whether in your home or in the workplace, or if you're being developed as a spiritual leader in the church, you've likely experienced this, you know, that Paul was, was lonely and deserted by man at, at the end of, of his ministry in life. And, and I think um, that kind of like fatigue, right. That it's really evidence that, that, you know, Paul was so sold out for the mission, right. That his whole life was, was being spent for the Lord and for the, and for the sake of the gospel. And so I think it's, it's really inspirational for, for us. It's like, man, you know, this, this was what, this is what Paul was. He was so convinced of the call on his life that he, it didn't matter if he was rejected or criticized or abandoned. And I, I think it's, um, even in the midst of that, like he, he is able to, to lean on the strength of the Lord and just to know that he is with him. And, and, um, I think sometimes we, I don't know, like <clears throat> we don't live in that reality. Like, like Paul is here in this, that we don't, we don't let the, the nearness and, and the faithfulness of God, like really carry us through, you know, it's like we put so much weight on having a team around us or, or being supported and, and cared for. And, and obviously that's important and that's nice. But at the end of the day, um, people are fickle <laughs> and there, you know, there's always going to be, um, people who let us down, but, but it's so, it's so important to understand that, that, that Jesus will never let us down, that he'll never leave or forsake. And, um, that's something that we can really bank on. Yeah. And a couple, a couple of things, first of all, just so folks don't prematurely breathe a sigh of relief. This is not just referring to leaders to mm. anyone who identifies as a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Christ, you know, we are to be set apart and don't, don't think that, oh, well, the pastors have it really rough, <laughs> you know, because they're up there saying these things that are being recorded or broadcast or whatever it may be. But that doesn't mean that, that all believers, you know, aren't challenged to speak the, the, the message of hope and, and truth and could also be put in similar situations. And, and now more than perhaps we've ever seen, the, the stakes seem to keep, keep getting higher and higher for folks to identify as true disciples of Christ. So yes, for sure, leadership is, definitely has a, a high bar in regard to our responsibility and, and what we're setting ourselves up for. But anyone who identifies, you know, themselves as a follower of Jesus can find themselves in, in a similar scenario. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's humbling to think about, you know, that reminder, Dan, of the loneliness that, that can come when people, it gets too thick for them. And you said the fire gets too hot, you know, 
And it kind of prompts the question, it is a good, I like the eternal reality check thing of, it's a good reality check. You know, is Jesus enough for you? Hmm. If you really are going to be alone with Jesus, will you be content? And will, was is it enough for you in your heart and your mind? And unfortunately, I think if a lot of us are honest about that question, at least by the way we live our lives and everything, the answer is no. You know, a lot of people that claim to love Jesus who are doing life as Christians if they really stop and examine their hearts, they would they might say, man, I don't know if Jesus is enough for me right now. And their actions reflect that. You know, the way that they spend their time, their money, all those things, it reflects that. And it just reminds me of Paul's attitude. You know, I'm reminded of, like you said, he, he, he is just so unwavering in that truth that Jesus is enough. You know, Charlie, when he was teaching this passage, um, he, on verse 18... Right now, say, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Like the Lord will do that to him be the glory. That's what Paul says. Hmm. And then the parallel that, that Charlie drew from that was from Hebrews 13, which is keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. And it's just, it's a humbling reminder of just like the way a lot of us live our lives, you know, keep your life free from love of money and be content. I think so many of us are not content, you know, it's yeah. like the American way. It's the American dream, you know, get more and more and more, climb higher and higher and higher. Don't be content. Strive for the next thing. We so equate like getting more stuff or rising higher or doing better as success in life. You know, we're so yeah. conditioned to think that way. But Paul's attitude is so refreshing and so counter to that. And it really mm. stems from just that deep, deep trust and deep love for the savior of man, I could have nothing. And Paul so many times did, right? I mean, he's in prison. He's got nothing. And yet even still he knows like, man, the Lord will bring me safely to be in heaven with him. I can be content, you know? And so anyways, all to say, I think it's a, such a healthy kind of convicting reminder for all of us just to assess and be like, man, how am I spending my time, my money, my thoughts, you know? And is it reflecting that or is it a lot closer to what the world is doing as far as pursuing the next big thing? The grass is always greener, big thing, mm. you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it just really points us back to Philippians chapter four, right? Where, you know, Paul talks about, I, I know what it's like to have uh, a lot. I know what it's like to have uh, hardly anything at all. Um, you know, I know what it's like to to experience community and love and connection. I know what it's like to be rejected and driven out of town and beaten and, and mocked. And, and he says, I've learned the secret of being content. I mean, that's a, that's something that man, bottle that up and, and sell it. Right. Cause that, that would, that would, that would sell. Right. Cause people I think are just so hungry to, to, to just be settled and content. It's something we talk about in our house a lot of times. And and what does Paul say right after that? What is the secret of being content? He says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And then that brings us back to, to this passage where in verse 17, he says, even though everybody has rejected me, the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. And I just think, man, it it, it is really difficult to, to, to walk in, in a holy contentment and just to say, man, everything... Um, that I need, I, I've been faithfully provided by through my Savior Jesus, and and I can rest in that, and I can receive everything as a blessing, 
even even hardship I can receive as a blessing, and I can just trust that the Lord is 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 overseeing you know whatever's happening in my life. And then you know off of that, the second part of of verse seventeen is um, this strength that the Lord provides me, the strength um, and the nearness that He gives to me. You know, He says He stood by me. It, it's so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and that all the gentles, Gentiles may hear it. And just as Charlie was going through that on Sunday, I was thinking, man, you know, how many times do, how many times is my, my abiding in the Lord and my, my prayer life, how many times is it really just about me and my own comfort, right? If, if I went back and looked at my prayer journals throughout the years, like how many times have my prayers just been like self serving and, and focused on just making things easier and better for me <laughs> and the people I love, you know, as opposed to man, like acknowledging that God is near being strengthened in him so that I can do what he's called me to do so that I can carry out this mission that, that, that he's given to me. And, um, man, I think that was a real gut check as well. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Just as, as far as like, you know, Paul, um, being, being strengthened and, and realizing that God is near and standing by and faithful, but, but not just so he can feel better about himself. I mean, where does that land with you guys? hundred percent. I've been there a lot too. I just, you know, I think the way we pray reflects our hearts a lot of the times. And absolutely. If you go back and look at your prayer journal and all you're praying is just, Lord, help me with this. Lord, give me this. Lord, I want this. You know, mm. totally, hundred percent. And I think it, not even just like, not even just the emphasis of oh, we shouldn't just be asking for things. We should be content. But also, I think that in that process, we're really missing out on something. You know, we're kind of missing out on just the intimacy and the 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 delight that we get to have with Jesus when that's not our main emphasis. You know, like. It's it's like it's like with Patty, my, my wife Patty. You know, if if all I'm doing is asking for her to help me with things, which is great, that's a huge part of marriage. Is you have a helper with you, you have a spouse that can help you. I'm really missing out on the way I get to delight in doing life alongside her. You know, because I'm just asking her for things all the time, just using her like a tool, rather than if I recognize, man, this person loves me unconditionally and is with me forever. You know, I'm in the covenant of marriage with her. There's just a level of intimacy and richness to that relationship that doesn't exist in the other frame of mind, you know? I think that's a model for Jesus too is, is man, it's not just about how we're praying, you know, but it's just a reflection of our hearts and how we pray does reflect our hearts. So anyways, I 100% I'm with you. I think there's something about not partaking in that intimacy and that joy and a lot of it is just you get so distracted. You know, we're just so distracted and so busy, yada, 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 that just, just w- we're really missing out. Yeah, and just thinking about what both you guys are saying, I, I, I had this, you know, thought about, you know, this is such a great, great passage and in, in this particular point that you're emphasizing that for all of us to, to kind of make an inventory you know what? What are like, for example, what are the 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 top ten most important matters, people, things in our lives? You know, if we were just not not even to to think too deeply about it, just boom, 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 write write down all ten of them. You know, and then 
you know, if we, if we made each of them a, a, a strip of, of paper, you know, and had each one individually on a strip of paper and then, you know, opened our palm up and, and put it in the palm of our hand, you know, and said, I trust you, Father, mm. with this. I trust you. And if you choose to take this from me, I trust that you will give me the grace to understand that your plan, that your purposes go beyond my pay grade, mm. and I will continue to trust. Yeah. You know, I won't stop. And and again, just such a, such a great moment for us to kind of look at look at life and to just ask ourselves how how deeply does our our trust in him go before we say okay now you've now you've crossed a line with me and i i can't i can't i can't go there with you and so how do we know those things unless we periodically just ask ourselves you know and and prepare for that you know maybe we just wait for the tragedy to come and then mm. we get confronted with this you know like you said, kick in the gut. And we're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Where, where is my trust? You know, God never guaranteed me that I wasn't going to get sick or that, you know, the, the person I love more than any other human wasn't going to, to die. There was there's never, those were never promises you yeah. know, that we were given. So does my trust in him endure through any of those things? And, and that, you know, brings us to, to, you know, verse 18, which is really an interesting statement, you know, that, that Paul makes, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed. Is that true? <laughs> I think, I think the, the question in mind is, is how we're defining rescue. You know, I think exactly. That's I think for a lot of people, word. they, they think, oh, this equates to God's going to get me out of this and make me comfortable, which is yep. not what he's saying, right? Right, yeah. right. And so we have to be very, and there's so many, so many examples of this kind of speech in scripture. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 121, uh, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. Mm -hmm. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And I remember reading that years ago and thinking, well, I must have a messed up translation of the Bible because my foot has slipped. The sun has spanked me many times. I mean, there's so many things that, that just aren't, you know, consistent with what I'm reading here until I remember just coming to a point where I, I was like, what in the world? What is God? What is God telling us? What? What? What is he going to do? How are we protected? You know, how are we, we, we cared for on this earth? And the answer is there are limits as to what God will do for us on earth. There is no guarantee that we will not be subject to sickness, 
to pain, to devastation, all those kinds of things. But as Paul was saying, in the midst of all that, we will be rescued. We will be rescued. And this is why I call this one of those um, eternal reality check passages, Mm -hmm. because God is saying, guaranteed, you will be rescued eternally. On this earth, no guarantees, no guarantees that you won't be imprisoned, that you won't be tortured, that you won't have cancer, that you won't have a, you know, a, a yeah. child die, a lo- no guarantees, yeah. no guarantees at all. We still ask for God's protection. We ask for his intervention. We ask for his miraculous power. There's, we do that. We're, we're, we're told we have freedom to do that. And, and, and God many, many times provides supernatural, miraculous interventions, which we, we praise yeah. him for, right? But from an eternal perspective, uh, we have to, to keep that in mind that these promises are not promises that were guaranteed on earth, that these are eternal realities that we will live with forever. Forever, we're invincible. Mm. It's like a, a 2 Corinthians uh, 4, you know, where Paul talks about, you know, we, we, we carry this eternal treasure, these eternal promises around in what? Jars of clay. Jars of clay, exactly. Breakable. Scarred, scarable, you know, yeah. all these vessels that can easily be just damaged, destroyed, you know, blown to smithereens. But what those jars of clays are, are jars of clay are carrying is invincible, incapable yeah. of being destroyed. I love that. Yeah, it's so good. And I mean, all you have to do is just look at the life of Jesus and, and look at the life of Paul, you know, mm-hmm. like. They, 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 they experienced all kinds of evil deeds, right? You know, G- Jesus w- was, was unjustly put to death. You know, he, he, he was accused of, of things that, um, you know, there, there was false accusations thrown at him and, and he was put to death in, in, in a brutal, horrific way, you know? And, and you just think about, you know, Paul's, Paul's uh, suffering for the sake of the gospel in Second Corinthians 11 you know, he talks about imprisonments and, and countless beatings, uh, often near time, near death. You know, he he got l- the 40 lashes. You know, he was beaten with rods. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked, snake bit. Uh, you know, um, he was adrift at sea one night. He was he was in danger f- from rivers and robbers and his own people, in danger from Gentiles and in danger in the city, in danger in the wilderness, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, in, in the cold, you know? And, and apart, on top of all that, he's like, I got the pressure of all these churches, right? And so he's like, man, I've been through all of this stuff, um, but I boast in my weakness, right? Because he knows that, that the God and the Father of, of his Lord Jesus, who is blessed forever, um, is with him. And, and he knows that... that um, yeah, I, I'm going to suffer many things in this life, but it's, but it's for, you know, an, an eternal goal that it's an eternal weight of glory that, that he holds out in front of him, you know, all the time. And, and I think what's really interesting, we you know, we talked about rescue being an operative word in that verse 18, but also this word of safety, right? So he says, you know, he'll bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom, right? He doesn't say he will, he will guide me safely, you know, uh, all throughout my life right. before heaven. Now he says like, 
Hey, even if, even if my, my very life is taken from me, I know it's like, like, like you said, you know, um, Tim, that, that this, this, um, this promise and this, this, you know, guarantee is, is invincible, right? And this message we bring is invincible. Like God's word cannot be bound. That's something we saw in this book as well. But also like in a way we're invincible until God is done with us, you know, like, and, and we, it may be very uncomfortable. (laughs) We may feel like we're going to die at, you know, at certain moments, but as long as, as God has, you know, a mission for you here on earth, like what can, what can mere men do to you? Right. Hmm. Like, and, and I think, you know, it's a, it's a good conversation that I, cause I think so much, especially with this pandemic, so much talk about safety, so many prayers about safety, you know, and, and I just, man, when you read through the book of Acts, when you read through Paul's letters, when you, when you look at the life of Jesus, like it really doesn't seem like safety, you know, from a physical standpoint is really much of a priority or an emphasis. And do you guys think that maybe we've become hyper-focused, you know, in the, in the American church about like safety? It's just, it, you know, we're asking God to preserve life. We're asking God to keep us from harm, you know, and that's becoming too much of a priority. You know, not that it's, it's wrong to, to, to pray that, but, but are, are we letting that be the driver for us rather than, you know, this, this eternal kind of mindset and this gospel centered kind of mindset? I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, (laughs) it's deep, right? Uh, It's hard because I think there's like such a, a tendency to live in the extremes of this kind of stuff. And hundred percent, I think COVID and just, unfortunately it's so like, I think steered by a lot of the political stuff going on, just this conversation about fear and rights and freedom and like all this stuff, you know? And even though we do our best to not have that influence us, I think still like we're, we are influenced by that conversation to some degree. And so as a result, we end up overemphasizing, like you said, Oh, I need safety. I need safety. You know, what does it look like? I need safety. And you're right. Like we have safety. It's done. You know, we have safety forever. Done deal. But I, I've definitely noticed that for sure, just more of a concern with physical safety, with like emotional safety, all those things. And again, I think it just comes down to defining the terms. You know, we 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 think of safety as one thing, but here we see Paul talking about safety and the man's about to go be beheaded. You know, like clearly he's talking about different things, you know. Hmm. And so I think, yeah, just defining the terms, assessing our hearts again, reminding ourselves of that inheritance we do have, you know, I think with that too, like on the flip side of things, it's kind of like a a good reminder sometimes of why it's important to, to really define the terms here. You know, I've noticed at least in this last year in the Christian world, in a response to that, as a response to that just an an emphasis on the idea of like overcoming, you know, of like God overcoming things and God fighting our battles and all these kinds of things. And he does those things, of course, you know, but we say things or we see things being said or see prayers being prayed that are like on the edge of, is this really biblical still? You know, like we sing songs all the time that are like, man, we're going to, God's going to fight our battles. We're going to see walls come down. We're going to see giants fall. 
but what does that mean? You know, and I think a lot of times we sing these words or we pray these prayers and we equate them to, again, like God is going to eliminate whatever this problem is in my life that I don't want to exist anymore, right. you know? Right. And it's like, oh, well, hey, he's going to break down walls. He's going to get rid of this boss that I really don't like, you know? We're going to see giants <laughs> fall. My neighbor who's really abusive to his wife or whatever is going to be taken down, you know? But that's not that's not necessarily what God is promising us, right? And yet we kind of get caught up in the movement a little bit, and we I think sometimes we can go too far. So again, I think just defining it and living in between of like, yeah, we know we have safety. We know our God does perform miracles, and he, he is has an overcome the world. Exactly. Yeah. He already overcame. Yeah. But just again, like just trying to walk wisely with how we handle these promises, you know? Well, it's like it's is it self focused or is it is it for the sake of, of the gospel and the and the mission, right? And that's that's I think the the big determining, you know, factor and 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 clearly we see from this passage that Paul wasn't about his his personal comfort and safety and he you know, he didn't just want this strength from the Lord just so he could feel better about himself. No, he, he, he knew that the strength was so that he could keep going right in the, in the mission. I think that's a, that's a, an important um, factor. Yeah. If, if we, if we put this discussion on a spectrum, you know, at, at, at one end we've got reckless endangerment, you know, at the other end we've got paranoid, you know, safety. Mm. And, and so somewhere for believers, we get to this place that we call stewardship, mm. you know? And so now we're, we're, we're being stewards over our, our bodies, you know, over, over the, the well-being of those that we care for, you know? So it's this idea of, I want to be a, a, a faithful steward to care for what's been given to be not, not, you know, reckless, mm. not paranoid, but, but faithful, you know, to be able to say, okay, so uh, how do I, how do I, you know, assess, you know, the the timing in, you know, going to Afghanistan? You know, is this is this is that wise? You know, is it is that is that being a faithful steward of my life, my ministry, you know, desires, my my time or whatever, um, or you know, not or ignoring all of the 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 COVID um, protocols you know, that are out there to, to, to try to help people. So it's, it's, it's a constant, you know, commitment that we have to make to say, I want to be a faithful steward of my, of my life of whatever, and not, not be at either one of those extremes. Yeah, that's a great, I mean, it's a great, great point because all Paul was doing is just, he was just fulfilling the call that was on his life. You know, this is what Jesus, this is the mission that Jesus gave him. And so he wasn't going out there, you know, looking to pick a fight but he also wasn't shrinking back, you know? And um, if he needed to hightail it out of town because, you know, someone was coming for his life, he did, you know? Um, but when when it came to this moment where, okay, he's going to stand before, you know, judgment, uh, he's going to be in this trial that, that Charlie did a great job of explaining. He, you know, he, ha- he has the option where he's like, am I going to, Am I going to shift gears and try to preserve my own life and try to plead for my own case? Or am I just going to keep doing what I've been doing and just preach the gospel? And man, I don't know if there's any like law and order fans or anything like that, you know, but I would love just to see like a, that scene, you know, what, what was that like at, at the trial where, where Paul's, you know, just, um, <clears throat> who, who's in the room, you know, and, and, and how did he go about preaching the gospel and, 
man, I just, I would have loved to, to, to get a, a glimpse into that whole scene. But, but again, I think it just comes back to, you know, this conversation of stewardship is like, yeah, what's, what, what has God given to you as you're listening right now? Like what, <clears throat> what avenues has he provided you with? What resources has he mm-hmm. blessed you with? Um, you know, what kind of relationships and connections do you have? You know, I was just talking with someone yesterday who, um, man, this is really in a unique situation, uh, with the, his coworkers where, man, he's got, he's got just so many different people that he, he works alongside of, you know, um, people from the LGBT community, um, you know, people who, uh, are just completely, you know, atheists, um, people who have, who've, uh, left the church, you know, people who grew up, uh, you know, poor and, and in urban areas. And then also he, um, you know, the, the, the clients and the people he works with, they're, they're just a, a, a very diverse group there too. You know, he's working with illegal immigrants and he's working with, you know, people that, um, are in the foster care system. And, and anyway, he just, he, you know, he was just sharing like, man, I feel like God has really put me in this unique situation where I'm just around all different kinds of people. And I may be the only, you know, picture of Jesus that they ever see in their whole life. Mm. And I, you know, I'm just, I'm praying every day, like, you know, what do I do with that? (laughs) You know, like, um, and it's just, I think we, we could get so caught up in just the grind, um, that we forget that we're living on mission. And, um, and that's, you know, that's what we're being stewards of, right. Is like this unique call that each of us have in our lives, um, to, to be the church and to, um, to be God's ambassadors, you know, in the world. So, well said. well said. Yeah. You know, I thinking about what you said about like, man, what was the, what was Paul's defense like, you know? And I'm just thinking about the accounts of that in Acts, you know, like starting in like 22 and especially like 25 and 24 and 26. You, you can read through and just hear him like read what he says in those various hearings, you know, before Felix and Festus and, and Agrippa, 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 King Agrippa, whatever his name is. Anyways. I think what you just said is really interesting. If you look at Paul's countenance and what he does during those trials, it's kind of a good thing to look at as far as how we navigate life right now in COVID because, you know, you read these chapters and it's not like he doesn't defend himself, you know? It's not like he just sits there and just prays, Lord, overcome this, you know? He defends himself. He does. He says, I have not done anything worthy of death. And yet he wastes no opportunities to... to glorify Christ in that process. Just constantly throughout the entire thing, he's nope, the Lord, the Lord sent me to do his work. I have not anything to break the laws. I am not anything deserving death. He even says at one point, if that's true, if I've done something deserving of death, I'm not afraid to die. That's fine. Yep. He's clear about it. And yet he just glorifies God so much. And I just love um I think it's the end of 26. Let me pull it up. Yeah, I love this little verse 29 in Acts 26. King Agrippa says to Paul after he gives his account, do you really think in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? You know? Mm. And Paul replies, hey, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. You know, and just, man, his attitude in that yeah. process yeah. is such a good thing for us to pull from of that, that balance, right. Of, Hey, he is a steward of him, his, his 
life, his body, his role. So he is defending himself. And yet there's not an ounce of fear in his speech. There's nothing about fear. And I think right now it's so like polarized of like, oh, either you're, you're living by fear or you're reckless. But like you said, Tim, of just how do we live in the middle and be a steward in whatever ministry or whatever circle God has placed you in, in your life right now? Yeah. And, and don't, don't you feel like that is something that the spirit of God like leads us in, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, like you read through the book of Acts and, and Paul and the rest of the apostles and all those mi- the missionary guys that were part of his, his crew, like, man, they're just, they would, everything was just led by the spirit. You know, everything was done in prayer and, and with fasting and, um, and just seeking God's guidance. Right. And, and I think in that tension of like, how risky do I be with, you know, situation a, um, don't you feel like that's, that's something that the spirit wants to like guide us in, <laughs> you know, that yeah. we don't have to make those decisions by ourselves, you know? And, um, and I think Charlie had us contemplate here at the crossing, you know, as he, before we, we wrapped up the morning, just on this idea of confidence in, in the Lord, you know, in his nearness to us and that he is standing with us. Um, in our, um, you know, in our efforts to to proclaim the gospel and in our efforts to to be salt and light in the world, like he, we're we're not alone. You know, even even the Great Commission, Jesus said, like, hey, I'm going to be with you to the ends of the earth. Like, I'm not going anywhere, and and that is, you know, through the, his his Spirit indwelling in us. And um, you know, Charlie asked us all to just think about like. Do, do you have, do you live with that confidence, <laughs> you know, that God is, is with you and that nothing can separate you from him? And, um, and then he, you know, he asked us like, what, what role does emotion or personal experience play in, in your confidence or lack thereof? And I think sometimes we, we let the circumstances of life toss us around a little bit. And, and instead of standing confident in, in, God and his promises and being secure on that rock. And, and so I just, man, that was a, that was a good thing for me to think through and just say like, even if I'm, you know, having these mixed reviews, you know, everywhere Paul went, like if he was preaching in the synagogues or he was preaching, you know, in, in front of Gentiles, or if he was, uh, you know, in front of these, these councils or, or the, these, these rulers and authorities, you know, the reviews were mixed. Some people believed, some people trusted Christ, other people, you know, scoffed at him and, 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 and had violent responses to him. And, and could you imagine if, if his confidence wavered, you know, depending on the response, <laughs> you know, uh, I think the, I think the new Testament would read a lot different if that yeah. was the case. Right. And so just for, for us, man, just to know, like, hey, it doesn't matter what kind of circumstances we bump up against, or it doesn't matter what kind of responses we get we we have to be confident that God is with us and that's what drives us forward. Yeah, man. I, I love just wrapping that thought up with um, follow through with what we talked about earlier with 2 Corinthians 4 and the, the treasuring jars of clay because Paul goes on in verse 8 to say, so we're afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus Mm. so that the life of Jesus 
may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life or, or resurrected life mm. is in us too. Yeah, that's Amen. good. That's good. Amen. Well, hey, I think that this is probably a good place for us to kind of to sit on and end and this one on of just, man, is that your, is that the way you feel? Is that your heart, you know, or do you need to do some prayer and some reflection to get back to the well, you know? Are you going back to the beginning of this conversation? Are you chasing things a little bit too much that aren't Jesus? You know, are you content with just Jesus? And then fast forward a little bit, like, man, where are you on this, the spectrum to mention? How are you valuing your inheritance in light of everything else that we're talking about? And man, I hope that the Lord uses that to just kind of renew you, revive your just joy, you know, the joy and peace that you can have right now in doing life alongside him. Uh, with that said, Dan or Tim, anything you guys want to end on? Yeah, look at those questions. Uh, you can pull up the notes. Go to vbc.online and uh, Sunday service and uh, the message notes are still there. And there's some just excellent uh, reflection, discussion, application questions, the three questions at the end of the uh, message notes that I think will be really helpful for you. So I encourage you guys to check those out. Yeah, do it. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope you have a a wonderful week. See you Sunday and see you next week for Behold Again. Yeah, do your inventory. Don't forget to do it. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.